Hey folks, it's Brian Cook, your host here with a word from this week's sponsor, Her Shirtless Gentleman. Meet Robin Nora from Her Shirtless Gentleman by erotic romance author M.Q. Barber. Rob is former Air Force and a longtime bachelor who knows he's finally found the right woman. Nora's a recent divorcee struggling to define herself. Rob's trying to convince her to take a chance and go out with him. He seems charming and old-fashioned at first, but he's showing her how to find the sexy, adventurous woman she used to be before her failed marriage. The first book in M.Q. Barber's steamy new series, Her Shirtless Gentleman, is on sale August 4th everywhere ebooks are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. That's Her Shirtless Gentleman. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cook, and you've found the Internet's number one most trusted source for Muppet boners and horny loners. Upcoming shows include August 16th at The Virgil in Los Angeles, which is where today's show was recorded back on July 19th, 2015. This is round two, featuring Joe Kilgallen, Dave Child, Aaron Whitehead, and Ivan Hernandez reading pieces they wrote based upon audience suggestions. So first you'll hear them draw topics, then we'll fast forward into the future to hear the finished pieces. Enjoy. So please welcome your round two comics who'll be writing based upon your suggestions. Ivan Hernandez, Dave Child, Aaron Whitehead, and Joe Kilgallen. Clap your hands for this crew. You can do better than that. You can do better than that for your round two competitors. I thought so. All right, let's start with Ivan. Ivan, step up to the mic, pal. Here's how this part works. If he likes the first suggestion, he can take it and run with it. If he doesn't like it, I will draw a second one, and then you will all vote on which one he has to write. Uh, with your applause. Your first option is Ferris Bueller. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> all right. Um, Look, guys, I'm a millennial, all right? Let's keep it timely. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump and John McCain. <sighs> so, I'll leave it to you people. With your applause, who wants to hear Ferris Bueller? Uh, who wants to hear Trump and McCain? Okay. All right, there it is. Ivan Hernandez, let him hear it. Clap your hands for Ivan. Give it going for Dave Child. Uh, what's up, Al? Not much, you know, just chilling. Your first option is Lost in Space. Okay, I'm going to go with the second one. All right. <laughs> Nikola Tesla. That's your second option. So, was it your Lost in Space? Good. One of you suggested it. One of you should at least clap for your own suggestion. It's impolite otherwise. Good, good. good, good. <laughs> Nikola Tesla. Yeah! Hey, oh, child. Yeah. Keep it going for Aaron Whitehead. I would like Harry Potter. You can have the movie Clueless. How do you feel about that? Oh. I, I really like that, but I want to see what else is happening. Okay. All right. 20th anniversary. I read that on Twitter. That's depressing. Early edition. <laughs> Nope, uh, that's, a, that's a TV show, early oh, edition. I have no idea. Really <laughs> it's real dumb. Who wants to hear Clueless? <laughs> Who wants to hear early edition? <laughs> Clueless it is, Aaron Whitehead. Yeah, it's definitely Clueless. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it going for Joe Kilgallen. 
Hi. Joe, your first option is Louis C.K. Oh, I should have explained it's my show. I do what I want. Sometimes I just don't like them. Uh, ooh, Undercover Boss. So, who wants to hear Louis C.K.? Who wants to hear Undercover Boss? Undercover Boss it is. Joe Kilgallen, let him hear it. Dave Child, I can't see shit. Clap your hands for Dave Child. You can do better than that for your first round two competitor. Yeah, how this goes. All right. Thomas Edison entered in the dark warehouse. <laughs> Every now and then he heard a sharp spark and saw a flash of light. He must have been in the right place. Psst, Edison. Psst, Edison, is that you? Thomas looked up and saw Nikola Tesla. Naked and suspended by straps in the middle of a metal cage. On either side of him arose two giant Tesla coils, which arced and shot lightning onto the cage, which jolted through Tesla's body and out through Tesla's own man coil between his legs. The scientist was shooting lightning from his dick. <laughs> And it hit a big sign and made the words, You're the best motherfucking scientist there ever fucking was and is going to be light up. It was, it was a very large sign. And he needed to shoot a lot of lightning out of his dick to light it all up. Did I, uh, is this a good time? Meeped Edison. <laughs> That dick. <laughs> yes, it is the perfect time. Thanks for accepting my invitation. Confidently swaggered Tesla. Tesla switched off his machine and left his cage. He put on a robe which was decorated with all these badass lightning bolts. And he approached Edison who wore an all-white suit decorated with wimpy light bulbs. So that's what they each did. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I decided could have spent that time better with an ending. Um, I was surprised to get it, whimpered Edison, <laughs> considering we are such rivals. Well, I simply had to show you my newest invention. I had to brag about it. From out of his robe, Tesla pulled out a large brown, bronze phallus. But that's just a dildo. What's so special about that? One sees a dildo every day. <laughs> oh, but this one is so much more. I must show you. Robots, hold him still. From out of the shadow emerged two robots. You got robots? I've got motherfucking robots. <laughs> the robots clamped down on Edison's wrist and bent him over a workbench. Tesla hit the coils and the giant machines whirred to life. The dildo in Tesla's hand started to spark and, and glow and shiver and... It was all, and there were no wires connected to it. 
Tesla did that shit. <laughs> yeah. It also played a little song that sounded like wheels on the bus. I don't... Okay. He brought it up to Edison's butt and it burned a hole through those stupid pants and into his rectum. And lightning shot through all his body and he soon saw just white as he entered the speed force. <laughs> he became one with lightning and one with light and he shuddered and orgasmed through time. <laughs> he woke up and there were dinosaurs around him. Oh no! Tesla brought me back through time! He whimpered like a bitch. <laughs> He realized he had a way to get back. The dildo was still inside of him. He climbed the nearest brontosaurus, but what really is a brontosaurus, but I forget because brontosauruses don't exist, but, you know, long-necked dinosaur. He climbed the nearest long-necked dinosaur and stuck his butt out. Just stuck it out. The dildo was like a lightning rod. And, it, and he got hit with lightning, and he went, oh! And he went through time again and he orgasmed. He orgasmed through time again. And he woke up and he's like, Concrete underneath me. I must be in the right place. But he looked up and in front of him was a Tesla car dealership. <laughs> And one of those cool-ass green cars ran him over. <laughs> Thank you. Take child. Thanks, man. Who else we got? Round two. Aaron? Aaron Whitehead. Clap your hands for Aaron. Hi. Uh, I did Clueless. Bright morning light flooded through the giant French windows of Cher Horowitz's window, making her down comforter made from real unicorn down glow like the romantic part of a music video. Cher's forever smirking pout kissed the morning as her humongous blue eyes opened and greeted a new perfect day in Beverly Hills above sunset, definitely not below sunset, like Mexico or El Salvador or wherever Lucy was from. Thinking about Lucy made Cher sad because she was short and out of shape and had to have a job. Cher vowed to spend all day doing good for others. It would be good for her soul. At breakfast, Daddy was in a really foul mood, and Josh, ugh, why was he even here? It's not like he was related to anyone. But Cher reminded herself, today she was only going to do nice things. So she slipped her hand under the table, grabbed Josh's soft, faded denim-clad ween, and gave it a squeeze. She smiled as he jumped. Cher! barked her father. Yes, Daddy? Don't tease your brother. If you're going to touch his penis, you have to finish him off. <laughs> but Daddy! Just then the doorbell rang. It was Dion, Elton, Ty, and Donald Faison. <laughs> he was playing himself anyway, so... <laughs> Cher led them into the living room while Josh watched, biting his lip like a shy eight-year-old girl with a crush. Maybe I should... Oh, go on, barked Daddy. I'll make sure nothing happens to her, sir, said Josh. Josh, 
You are not related to Cher. If you want to stick your dick in my daughter's teenage push and she's in puss, push, fuck. My daughter's teenage puss and she's into it, well, I couldn't be a happier daddy. You're not my daddy, yelled Josh, tears in his eyes. But I wish you were. <laughs> he leaned in, his firm college lips meeting daddy's scruffy mouth, then exploring them with his tongue. He straightened up. Bye, daddy. In the living room, Cher was concerned. Elton had just brutally rebuffed Ty, and Ty was crying. Her vagina, said Elton, it's a total Monet. From far away, it's okay, but up close, it's a big old mess. <laughs> I have to do something to help my friends, thought Cher. So she peeled off her yellow plaid skirt and baby tee and started to wiggle. Not a dance, really, or any way it wasn't, until Dion put on the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And then the party really started. Everyone shed their baggy and tight in all the wrong places clothing and started to explore <laughs> and started to explore each other's blossoming adolescent bodies. As the music pounded in her ears, Cher grabbed Donald Faison's cock and thought, I never had to knock on wood, but now I am. <laughs> it was a terrible joke, so she was relieved she had only thought it and not said it in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> Josh came in, bypassing Dion, who was sucking on Ty's tits, giving her soft nipples a real makeover. Now they were hard. He saw Cher, the fat mushroom tip of Donald's dick, glistening on her already glossy lips. Cher glanced up, a string of pre-cum arcing between her mouth and the... I don't know. Adjective cock. Uh, come in, she said, and Josh did. Cher unzipped his fly and brought her sort of brother's dick out of his Levi's and gave it a lick. It was the right thing to do, after all. Cher teased her near relations member with her sexy joker mouth. She guided her brother from another's mother wiener down her belly, leaving a snail trail of cum, and let it dip into her pink parts before taking it back in her mouth. Oh, I'm so bad, she said. All I had today was a mochaccino, two red vines, and now my own sweet tart surprise. Sure, <laughs> Daddy barked from the doorway. Daddy! Sure, what do I always tell you? Always negotiate, Cher demurred. <laughs> I told you, if you're going to suck your brother's cock, you have to finish him off. But Daddy, I can't just make him come right away. I have to make him wait a while. Daddy! His daughter's, his daughter's high-pitched whine was too much for him. For years, he had held himself back because it was illegal and he was a lawyer. <laughs> but not today. He ran to Cher, and while her brother's cock bobbed in and out of her mouth, he thrust his wrinkly daddy dick into her pink, quivering downstairs lips and exploded with years of pent-up desire. <laughs> Dion and Ty were still in the throes of ecstasy while Elton hate-fucked Lucy, who had wandered into dust. <laughs> Oh, oh, he moaned. I, oh, I, oh, oh. Can I go to the get my cranberry CD? I left it on the quad. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Whitehead. All right, where's Joe and Ivan? Joe, Ivan, where are you guys at? Any one of you turds? Who's ready? Is that Joe? That's an apprehensive Joe Kilgallen coming to the same time as for Joe Kilgallen. There he is. Not at all. All right, um, undercover boss. <clears throat> Here we go. There I was at 6 a.m. Monday morning, 
ready to tackle my first week as an assistant at the esteemed Huffington Post. Or Huff Post for short, if you're a liberal on the go, or just a douche. <laughs> I was excited to start my journey working on the ground floor for one of America's most popular progressive blocks. And although I was just a lowly assistant, I was eager and willing to show my worth. My boss sent me to the basement to dig through the tax records of the 2016 GOP field. It was an exciting task for my first week, but it became even more exciting when my boss told me she was going to partner me up with another new hire. There she was. Her skin was tan and her breasts were ample not unlike Secretary Clinton's war chest, which is how I refer to her breasts in my mind throughout the early morning. She said her name was Ariel, and she had an accent that would make me, would make the hair on my ball stand tall. The first half of our day was spent digging through boxes. She called me from time to time, staring at her vagina. But who could blame me? She was wearing a gray skirt showing just enough kneecap to make a good dog break its leash. <laughs> she caught me staring and asked sharply if I thought this was appropriate behavior. I said, relax, baby doll. I'm a feminist. <laughs> she looked angered, but then quickly grabbed my drunk... Grabbed my drunk... Grab my junk hard, giving me an erection that can only be compared to Ann Coulter's Adam's apple. <laughs> she complimented my girth, telling me I was clearly in the 1% when it came to the penis game. I ripped off her skirt and going down on her, ravishing her. She screamed, lick faster, you stupid bitch. I was taken aback, but not by her aggressiveness but by her voice, I suddenly realized she was no assistant, but she was Ariana Huffington herself, the queen, as I referred to her. I said back to her, but you're the founder of the Huff Post. What are you doing here? What, what is this all about? She said, I know who the fuck I am. She said, now, don't, now why don't you put that fat cock into my pinko pussy? Now I had to go to the notepad because I only brought one piece of paper. All right, here we go. Smooth, right? I said, yes, sir, and ran my penis deep inside her. She told me if I didn't make her come at least three times, she would drown me in the Hudson River with the rest of the straight white male she deemed too racist to breathe. After two and a half grueling hours, she finally came for the third time. I said, may I please come now? She said, yes, but I had to do it myself while she pleasured herself in the corner, making sure I kept eye contact. She wouldn't let me look away. I wouldn't mind if she was a sexy woman, but she kept moaning stupid, stupid jokes. She kept screaming, welcome to the Huff Post. This time it's clipbait. I finally came, and when I, when I was done, she was gone. I was wondering if I had imagined everything that day. Was it the fumes? Was it the paint of the basement? Was Ariana ever actually there? As I left that day, I went home and found nothing but a bunch of bottles of champagne waiting for me. And a note said, you're fucking fired.
<laughs> and there's a picture of Donald Trump with his lipstick painted on him. It was very fucking fringe. It was really, really. All right, thank you very much. Joe Kilcallen. All right, where's Ivan? Where is... There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Ivan Hannah is popping out of the back like a special guest on the goddamn Pop Love special. The baby wailed as it was laid upon the sacrificial altar. The lead hooded figure of the circle of same such figures raised his ritualistic ivory dagger and brought it low, cleaving the infant's head from its body. A torrent of blood spilled from the dual wounds. You wouldn't think a baby's head could have that much blood in it, but children are truly a miracle. John Boehner pulled down his ceremonial robe, the unearthly orange of his skin reflecting in the dark fire of the combination sex-slash-evil dungeon beneath the halls of Congress. All hail John Ulan, he bellowed. May the great three-headed goat grant us another 5,000 years of dominion over the earth. Then a page rushed in. Sir, it's Trump, he said. He found out about our dungeon, the one for establishment conservatives who want to indulge in good old-fashioned family values and fantasize. <laughs> what level is he on? Boehner growled. Behind him, the other members of his dark cabal revealed themselves. Famed neurologist and race trader Ben Carson. <laughs> Idiot and race trader Ted Cruz. Moron and race trader Marco Rubio. <laughs> And libertarian man-boy and an actual fair example of his race, Rand Paul. <laughs> Not Trump, Rubio said. We are in the right to do what we do by gerrymandering districts and appealing to the lowest common denominator schmoes and drinking bald eagle cum. <laughs> More than just bald eagle cum, Carson said. I drink all the bodily fluids that make America great. From the jism of the mighty buffalo to the semen of the lowliest groundhog. Jism and semen and cum, they chanted in unison. Jism and semen and cum. Jism and semen and cum. Now is not the time for infighting, brothers, Boehner said, and ushered them to a vid screen displaying Trump's rampage. In the little time since he'd infiltrated the building, he'd already made it to the hall of a thousand twinks. <laughs> Slender, effeminate men's buttholes lay prolapsed about the room. He grabbed a twink and fucked him furiously. His pneumatic penile implant shooting a blast of steam out of a vent by his taint. Mexicans are rapists, Trump shouted. And I know because it takes one to know one. My God, he's breached the twinks, Rubio said. We have to stop him. No, no, Boehner growled. If he can make it to the chamber, we will unleash our greatest fiend upon him. And Trump continued his attack upon the complacent conservative establishment. In the chamber of Sharia law, women veiled upon their heads but little place else, tickled him with feathers that they whispered sweet pleasures which could radicalize even the least rad. You think I wasn't ready for this? Trump yelled. Trump always does the most luxurious, classiest countermeasures. <laughs> the gears and cogs in his dick shifted, and let's spray a wave of bacon grease. <laughs> Next came the prison of futures to come. 
The gaze came at him from all sides, trying to force all manners of engagement rings on his fingers. <laughs> There's only one ring that counts, and I'm not talking about any of the rings which I gave my wives who live hellish existences in which a gross, malformed bag of human shit crawls on them until he derives the meagerest sexual pleasures and leaves them to sadly finger themselves with the fake tears they needed after years of forced plastic surgery have rendered their tear ducts drier than a California liberal's lawn. <laughs> He fastened a cock ring upon his steampunk dong. <laughs> and it shot a series of concentrated bolts of cum, blinding his attackers. <laughs> Finally came the auditorium of constitutional literalism. <laughs> upon a great stone tablet began the words of the Constitution, with all its amendments written in blood, that holy document from which all the great parts of America were derived. It was a puzzle, a test. Carved the true America from this rock, a voice boomed. Trump knew what he must do. He erased the 14th Amendment. <laughs> That's the one you guys have a problem? All right. <laughs> the stone exploded and revealed the entrance to the innermost chamber. Trump swaggered in, all arrogance and fearlessness clothed in orange pubes. Give me your final challenge, he demanded. Test the Donald so he may find, f be found not wanting. Boehner wordlessly pulled the lever. A cage descended from the ceiling, and in it was a bounding, gagged figure in a gimp outfit. <laughs> the cage broke apart on contact with the ground, and the figure bellowed. It was a twisted creature whose past had broken it sexually. A malformed beast twisted into a creature which could only exist in the fringes where blurred pain and pleasure. It was John McCain. <laughs> Donald approached his opponent. They faced each other, and Trump knew what he had to do. I love you, he said in Vietnamese. <laughs> and kissed McCain on the mouth. McCain broke down, crying, now fulfilled. He had the one thing he'd always wanted from his captors. The greatest gift a regime could give a POW. Love. <laughs> and it was this power that erupted from the tip of Trump's bulbous, gourd-like cock. Conservative love, a black acid rainbow which spewed forth and melted the flesh of all except McCain. The chamber began to collapse, and Trump grabbed John's hand. They raced out of the falling building and emerged into the dank, humid with semen air of Washington, D.C. <laughs> now, you will be the greatest gift, a mate, a... Guys, it took me a while to write this, and it was kind of incoherent by the end. <laughs> now, you may be the greatest mate a submissive could be, Trump said. A running mate. <laughs> McCain said under his gimp mask. A stream of jizz at Trump's feet, cementing the partnership that would not change America, because who the fuck would vote for these rubes? The end. <laughs> Ivan Hernandez. Let's get everybody from round two back to the stage. Once again, you guys will be voting on a winner. Once again, I'm going to remind you what everybody read. We started with Mr. Dave Child with Nikola Tesla. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not voting yet. Just reminding. Uh, Aaron Whitehead with Clueless, Joe Kilgallen with Undercover Boss, and finally Ivan Hernandez with McCain and Trump. So pick a favorite starting with Dave Child, Nikola Tesla. Yeah.
Aaron Whitehead, Clueless. Joe Kilgallen, Undercover Boss. And Ivan Hernandez, McCain and Trump. Your round two champion, Mr. Ivan Hernandez. Big round of applause for all of your round two competitors. Congratulations, buddy. That does it for round two. To hear round one from this show, you can go back and download episode 133. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It's a big help as our positive comments. And for more details on upcoming shows, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Cooking or the show at CE Fanfic. See you next time. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 